0: You're listening to the Save the Date Podcast, where we talk all things weddings, jewellery and romance, with love from Cullen Jewellery. Welcome back to the Save the Date Podcast. I'm Juliette. And I'm Sheridan. And today we are going to be talking
1: about how to plan a budget-friendly wedding. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of tea and enjoy the podcast. Okay, so
0: with social media today, I feel like there is a lot of pressure to have this absolutely extravagant, over-the-top wedding with just flowers everywhere, massive dress, huge guest lists, and I feel like that's just not realistic for a lot of people. So we're here to tell you that it's okay to have a normal wedding (laughs) and a (laughs) budget-friendly wedding, and it can still be the most beautiful, magical day without spending an exorbitant amount.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Not everyone needs to have a Sophia Ritchie Grange-style no. wedding. It can just be you and your partner absolutely getting married, and that's beautiful enough as it is. So without further ado, let's get into some tips that we have collected that we think could be really
0: helpful to plan a budget-friendly wedding. First off, flowers. Now, flowers can end up being one of your most expensive things on your wedding day. Is that right? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, flowers are very expensive even for small things like your bouquet or um, one like floral arrangement for during your ceremony can be lots and lots of money. So there's definitely lots of ways that you can save that money to make your flowers more budget-friendly. So firstly, adding more greenery into all of your florals can help you save a lot of money. The greenery, like leaves and that kind of thing, are generally cheaper than the flowers themselves so if you like those big greenery Mm. lots of leaves and all of that lush beautiful definitely add more into
0: your florals even if you like the look of a big bouquet or really big flower arrangements this can also be a great way again to fill it up and give the illusion that it's this really massive bunch of flowers but it's actually maybe half greenery
1: half flowers and it adds a lot of depth as well to the arrangement. And your photographer, I'm sure, will thank you a lot for having more greenery in your florals.
0: Yes, I've heard that too, that yeah, it really adds dimension and contrast, especially if you're going with flowers that are on the lighter side, like whites, maybe pale pinks, all that kind of stuff. Um, So for anyone who doesn't understand her reference with the photographer, that kind of stuff can blend in to backgrounds. And that's why I guess the green all the greenery kind of yeah adds dimension and makes the florals pop a lot more because you've got that dark color up against some lighter florals potentially. Um, and you can really get creative with your florals as well. Instead of having flowers everywhere. You can do candles, lanterns, which can be a lot cheaper. You can choose to rent candles and lanterns. Or, yeah, you can jump on Amazon, eBay. Maybe people are selling secondhand stuff on Marketplace. And, yeah, it can be a really great way, effective way as well, to replace the florals on your tables and throughout your venue. And it can look absolutely stunning.
1: Yeah. And you can even do fake florals now as well, which... I mean, it's kind of, I guess, taboo that fake florals look kind of average, but they have improved so much. And especially now, it's pretty popular for lots of weddings to have fake flowers. And so there's so many on the market that do look really beautiful that aren't actually that expensive. Mm
0: -hmm. And if they're really great as well, you could always sell them later on and get part of your money back. That's a great way. And I think will be a theme as well throughout (laughs) this episode is, yeah, purchasing stuff with the intention of selling it afterwards, which potentially the upfront upfront cost is still there um, with the investment of obviously purchasing at it outright. But yeah, if you're willing to do that and then get half your money back later on when you sell it, that can be a really great way to save some money overall. All right, moving on to our next point, the guest list, <laughs> which I suppose is one of those things that may cause some people a bit of stress and can be one of those things that it's like it's hard to block out the noise in a way (laughs) if you've got parents or other family members saying like oh no you need to invite this person or if I invite this couple I have to invite this couple try and block all of that out because if you need to or want to save money, your guest list is the first place you can start culling people because you don't want to be paying $100 a head for someone you barely know.
1: <laughs> yeah, like plus ones, you can yes. definitely cut off plus ones. If you haven't met the person's partner, they don't necessarily need to be coming to your wedding if you're trying to cut costs because, yeah, you, you've never met them. So it's not that important for you that they're there to share that day with you. So. Absolutely. That's another thing. You don't have to have plus ones for every single person. And the guest should understand, or your guests who are
0: invited should understand that. Um, I think that is actually quite common across weddings, that you don't necessarily get a plus one. So yeah, I wouldn't stress too much about people being annoyed or whatever. And if they are annoyed. That's their problem, okay. This is your day. <laughs> <laughs> also I would say another thing is children. You can cut children. Yes. You can definitely <laughs> cut the first children to go. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Cause I'm not really sure how do they charge you a full head? I think it depends on your venue, but some venues will charge you a discounted amount yep. for children. So yeah, you might not be paying the full kind of hundred dollars a head, but it might be seventy five for a child, yep. which still adds up, especially if you have a big family with lots of children. It can be a big cost to have them all there. Yeah, and they fall asleep by nine PM anyway. So yeah,
0: <laughs> they're not going to miss. They much. end
1: up they end up stressing yeah. out the parents and
0: yeah. yeah. And if you still really want to involve children in your wedding, they can come to the ceremony before and be your flower girls or your little um, ring bearers or whatever. Involve them in that part <laughs> of the wedding, but then yeah, the reception where you have to actually pay per head, you can ask them or request for children to not tag along. And this kind of brings us to our next point, which is your bridal party. So I feel like there's this idea that you have to have quite a few bridesmaids and groomsmen. <laughs> but in actual fact, you really don't. And you can have as many as
1: you want or none at all. I think you didn't have any, did <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, I didn't have a bridal party at all. Yeah. Did,
0: was there a certain reason why or you just weren't interested? Or
1: We just, yeah, weren't really interested and we knew we wanted a small wedding. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like full our siblings essentially out of the crowd (laughs) (laughs) to stand next to us or just have them sitting in like it made no difference to us because we were having such a small wedding but I don't know even if we had a bigger wedding I think we still would have kept it just the two of us um but yeah definitely I think a lot of what you see kind of circling back to social media it's so common to see really large bridal parties with like seven plus you know bridesmaids and groomsmen but you don't necessarily need that just to say you've had it. How do people even know that many people? I, <laughs> <laughs> I have like two friends. <laughs> that's what I think too. I'm like, how do you have that many people that like mean that much to you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and maybe if you had like that many siblings potentially, yeah. and you were really close with them. But yeah, totally agree. You do not need – I think myself, I'll just have my two sisters and that's all because, yeah, it can really – Like, the cost of – I mean, it's again, that's very personal preference. Like, I know some people get their bridesmaids to purchase their own dress and whatnot, but there are little costs that come along with an extensive (laughs) bridal party, e.g. like the makeup. I feel like normally even if you get them to pay for their dresses – um, I feel like it's kind of expected maybe for the bride to then cover the cost of hair and makeup yeah. on the day, which that can add up. That can be very pricey.
1: I think generally it's kind of like you do, you at least pay for something. So whether it's like you pay for their dresses and their outfits and their jewelry or you pay for their makeup and hair. But yeah, hair and makeup can be a really large expense. So if you're paying for a whole bunch of other people to also get their makeup done, that can end up being a lot. Yeah,
0: and again, I guess it's, this comes down to personal preference, but a lot of the time you can or some people may expect a small gift of some sort <laughs> <laughs> being a bridesmaid, um, so I guess that's another cost to consider. Again, it's totally personal preference if you want to gift your bridesmaid something or not, but yeah, it's just something to keep in mind. Okay, moving on, switching the topic up a little bit. We've got attire next. So, again, I think one of your biggest expenses could be the wedding dress. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sprinkle wedding on anything and the price triples. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so one of my biggest tips when it comes to attire, and this goes for both the wedding dress as well as the suits for the groomsmen and the groom, um, is keep an eye out for warehouse and sample sales in the lead-up to the wedding or in the lead-up when you're shopping around for these items Um, because a lot of, yeah, the big boutiques will do these warehouse sales a couple times a year and you can save quite a lot of money doing or shopping at these sales.
1: Yeah, that's a really good tip, actually. I hadn't really even considered that. But warehouse sales, a lot of bridal stores do them. So Mm -hmm. definitely keep your eye out for them, especially if you're planning a wedding that's, you know, a few years in advance. You can look out for those now and then still have your dress well ahead of your date. And also at most bridal stores, they'll have like an off-the-rack section, which are also generally a little bit cheaper. So they might be things that like people have tried on rather than getting them custom made similar I guess to a warehouse sale um but obviously you can get things dry cleaned and they are generally brand new but they're a little bit discounted and they may have like when I bought my dress it was off the rack because I didn't have time Mm -hmm. (laughs) we planned our wedding in like six months so I was definitely too (laughs) late (laughs) to get a, a dress made but my dress had like a tiny little rip at the bottom But because you get them hemmed, especially like they're really long because they want to be able to obviously fit everybody and not have to add length. So if they have like a little tear or something in the bottom, it doesn't matter because you're going to most likely have that cut off when you're getting it altered. Mm -hmm. But you can obviously get the price down. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: yeah, same with that altering. It's like you don't have to go with the... Alterer is that what they're called, or the seamstress? Yeah, seamstress. <laughs> the seamstress. You don't have to go with the seamstress that is recommended by the bridal store that you're shopping at because, again, typically they may be a little bit more expensive. So you could just go to a local seamstress, um, and they probably could do an equally as good of a job, and it could be it could save you quite a lot of money because I think I remember you saying that it could cost a couple hundred dollars to alter your dress
1: yeah so my dress to get it altered cost I think about six or seven hundred dollars but that was pretty much the cheapest quote that I got so I had quotes um that didn't even include like as much alterations as we ended up doing that were upwards of like eight hundred dollars oh wow so yeah Getting your dress altered, definitely shop around for that Mm -hmm. because there's lots and lots of really talented seamstresses everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I was looking around, it was like I could choose from a list of 50 (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my area. So there's definitely heaps and lots that will do it for a really good price that are extremely talented. Yeah. Or make friends with someone in fashion school (laughs) and they can do it for
0: for free. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. To our second point under this in the same kind of realm as shopping at sales and stuff is shopping secondhand because, again, it's a wedding dress. It's only been worn once, (laughs) even when it's secondhand. Also, (laughs) these days they're probably only worn for like two hours. Yes, because because a lot of people have the second dress. (laughs) So, yeah, Facebook Marketplace. There could be other secondhand boutiques online. But, yeah, shop around. Do not be afraid and don't feel embarrassed to shop secondhand because, again, it's pretty much a brand new dress and you could be saving like a couple thousand dollars by doing this
1: yeah the yeah you can save so much money and also especially if you're wanting something like really specific by a designer Mm -hmm. and you can't really find anything similar a lot of those designer dresses people will resell because they are quite expensive and it's an easy way for them to then get money back on their wedding, but you can then purchase that dress at a highly discounted price. Which kind of, again, that's similar to what I was saying
0: before, is that maybe with the dress, if you really, really want something, potentially you could spend a little more than you want to initially. And then if you plan to resell your dress, you could get maybe half that money back. Um, So yeah, another thing to keep in mind that as long as maybe you're happy to, you know, put forward the upfront cost of a dress, your dream dress, if you really don't want to um, budge on that and negotiate on that, you could keep your mind open to reselling it later and getting some of the money back.
1: Or even um, going to a seamstress with the design that you're wanting. Mm. If you want something really specific, they can also make it for you. Oh yeah. But Quite a bit cheaper. It'll still be a decent amount Of money because they're making something from scratch and they'll use the best materials but especially if it's yeah something designer that has like a brand name on it Mm -hmm. you won't be then paying for that name yeah oh that's true yeah that's very true yeah okay one last little tip
0: on attire theme um, is hiring stuff, which I guess, I think you could do this with your wedding dress too, if you really wanted to. Um, But I know this is particularly a thing for the groomsmen that you can hire suits um, and that can be a really great way to save costs because the suits can be very, very expensive. <laughs> like I feel like with the bridesmaid dresses, you can kind of get away. You can get some really stunning dresses for like, or like especially with all the fast fashion brands these days (laughs) you can get something that looks quite nice for a really cheap price but suits I don't I feel like maybe not as much
1: yeah I feel like there's definitely not as many options for nice like tailored suits for guys or for anyone who wants to wear a suit as there is for people who want to wear dresses so hiring them would definitely be a big budget saver
0: yeah it's a little more noticeable I feel like sometimes with the suits (laughs) because you can get away with a cheap dress the the way you wear it and make it look nice but I feel like the suits can sometimes it's not as easy to get away (laughs) with
1: (laughs) because
0: you can tell when a suit has been nicely tailored and whatnot but yeah hiring definitely look into it if it's going to be a really huge expense because maybe you do have a few people or a few groomsmen and if you have to buy four suits That is very pricey and you may not be wanting to get them to pay for their own suit. All right, moving on to your vendors. Firstly, shop around um, because I think there's a lot on offer in every area of your vendors, your venue, photographer, makeup artist, everything. There is plenty (laughs) of people (laughs) available to you so yeah definitely shop around and I guess find that nice balance of someone who uh, really understands you and what you want but without charging a crazy amount
1: yeah definitely and also just because someone charges a whole lot of money doesn't mean that you're going to click with them. It doesn't mean that their work is going to be the absolute best that's out there. You might be able to find someone who's relatively new to the industry, um, who's you know charging quite a lot less, but is still extremely talented and you'll be able to yeah, get the, essentially the same outcome mm-hmm. for a lot cheaper. Yeah, for sure. And don't be afraid to negotiate as well some places
0: might be like fixed prices, absolutely no negotiating, but you never know. You could come across some people who are willing to talk to you about the price and what your budget is and work with your budget. Yeah, keep an eye out for those kind of vendors because I think they'd definitely be out there.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of vendors that will have, like, different packages and everything as well. So they might have something that's a cheaper cost and maybe doesn't have as many inclusions, but you're still going to get what you need for the price you pay. And then, obviously, if you want to pay more, they'll have a few more things included in that package. Mm -hmm. But that's another thing, yeah, you can definitely look at different vendors that have different packages or, yeah, just try and see what you can take out of their, you know, normal package. Also, um weekdays versus weekends tend to
0: have different prices because the weekends are obviously a lot more popular (laughs) and people want to get married not during the week (laughs) Um, but yeah usually that also comes with a little bit of a discount obviously on the venues end um, I think this is more for venues like on their end they want to fill up those spots throughout the week so they want to make it more attractive for people to use up those nights so yeah definitely look into that as well or keep an eye out or keep it in the back of your mind when you're choosing your wedding date that maybe you're happy to do it on like a Thursday night, or I don't know if you go midweek on a Wednesday. <laughs> but yeah, these those nights could definitely be a lot cheaper than Friday and Saturday. So yeah, just something to keep in the back of your mind and keep a lookout for because yeah, there could be quite a bit of a difference.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of cost saving in doing uh, having your wedding on a weekday versus the weekend. Even a Sunday versus a Saturday, there's generally lots of savings. So you can still have like a weekend wedding on a Sunday, but it's a lot cheaper. And lastly, you could always host the wedding at home
0: (laughs) or at a friend's house. Uh, So yeah, obviously, like it comes back to getting creative and what you can do with your budget and with the people around you um if you've got the space obviously or maybe your friend or a family member has the space to host a small wedding you can definitely look into this and it could save you quite a lot on the cost of a venue i suppose like doing it at home you've got the cost of catering in there as well Um, but i think you would actually come off definitely a bit cheaper definitely if you've got alcohol (laughs) (laughs) buying alcohol yourself is a Definite cost saver. I feel like (laughs) at venues they charge what like $10 a drink. Yeah. Whereas you could just buy a bottle of something for $10 (laughs) with the wine or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, you could definitely save a lot with supplying your own catering and drinks and stuff if you're doing it at home as well. Big cost saving there. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to decor, biggest tip, DIY as much as possible. But always keep in the back of your mind do this within reason. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew. (laughs) <laughs> and have it be a complete disaster and you're more stressed <laughs> and you've wasted time. So, yeah, DIY as much as you can and be realistic about what you can DIY.
1: Yeah, I think if you've, like, never DIYed anything in your life... <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Probably don't do it for the <laughs> wedding or at least, like, plan out very far in advance and do lots of practice rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DIY as much as you can. Just make sure you're not going to stress yourself out too much in the lead-up to the wedding because adding, you know, making little bits and pieces for your wedding onto all of the other things you're going to be stressing about, it can just end up just a bit too much and not worth it. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask around when it comes to decor because a lot
0: of, I think you'd be surprised how many family and friends would have old decorations sitting in their garage or a spare room or a closet somewhere that they used for maybe a 21st party or some other party or maybe even their own wedding, where it's like you could definitely ask them to use it. And if it's sit- just sitting at home somewhere for them, as if they're going to charge you for it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe some people, I don't know. But like I wouldn't charge someone to use or borrow something that's sitting in my cupboard at home. So yeah, definitely ask around and see if you can borrow stuff off people that you know. And it's free, so it saves you quite a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even if it's just the little things like some candles or like jars yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff, it can all really add up. It's all those little things that really can add up when you're multiplying it by 50 or 100 <laughs> pieces.
1: And again, kind of on the same wavelength, I guess, Facebook Marketplace, lots of people, lots of brides who have just – been married will go on Facebook marketplace and sell all of the things that they Mm. just used for one day so you can definitely get things for a lot cheaper Mm. getting them secondhand especially the wedding specific things like if you've got a sign that's like just
0: married (laughs) like obviously I mean you intend to only use it once (laughs) hopefully you only use it once (laughs) but yeah things like that it's like you'd a lot of people would sell it for quite cheap because, again, it's like they're never going to use it again. So it's like they just would rather get rid of it and it's more of a chore having it sitting around their house than to just let somebody take it. So I wouldn't be surprised if you could even find stuff for like a couple dollars on Marketplace. (laughs) I think that some people even put stuff up for free. Yeah, (laughs) I definitely saw lots of things on there for very, very cheap. Facebook Marketplace will be your best friend. (laughs) Oh, another good tip is print less menus and like ceremony cards because, again, this can just be something that adds up quite a lot if you've got – if you want to do a menu for each person. Maybe if you do have a slightly bigger guest list, printing 100 menus could add up plus like the little place cards as well as – is it a ceremony card or like a – just like a list uh, of things, how the night will run. Oh, yeah. Called. Like yeah. a timeline. A timeline. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> some th- Those kind of things. <laughs> yeah, but you can do like one or two menus per table and that can really cut the costs of your printing. And even with invites, like I know hard copy invites are definitely more traditional and some people may want to stick to that, but an e-copy of an invite is very common these days. Yeah. You could
1: just send it through an email and a lot of people – Like that's totally fine. If you are doing, like you really want to do hard copy, if you're sending something to like a family that you know you're going to be inviting their adult kids or something as well, you can just send one invite and have it for the whole family. Mm, That's a good tip. And then that way, instead of paying for, say, six invites that are all individual for each member, you are just
0: paying for one. Yeah. And yeah, again, it's just one of those little things that can really add up when you're multiplying it by a lot of people yeah
1: because well, that's as well something that you can't then sell yes, afterwards yes. so if you can save money at the start with that kind of thing you're going to be thanking yourself because they're just probably going to end up in the bin like you might keep you know one or two of each for a little like keep safe box of all of your wedding things but if you've got a 100 copies of the menu from the day <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that you definitely don't need to keep all of them so very good point actually That yeah. yeah you it's
0: Stuff that's going to get chucked in the bin eventually. (laughs) And, yeah, you can't resell that stuff. So, yeah, that's a very good point that it's one of those things. And maybe you save money there and you could put that extra couple hundred dollars towards something else. Oh, our next point is the cake. Another... Kind of decent expense. (laughs) Wedding cakes can be very expensive. Again, you add on wedding to anything and it triples the price, even though it's the exact same cake (laughs) as the one in the window. So, yeah, again, don't be afraid to get creative. You can have like a little cupcake tower, just like a range of like biscuits and other desserts. Unless you're very traditional and you want that wedding cake and you want to cut the cake, that's obviously different. If it's not that important to you to have a cake, definitely think outside the box and yeah you can just have like a little desserts table and fill it with a bunch of other stuff that you don't necessarily need to have a wedding cake
1: yeah and even if you do want to do the traditional like cake cutting you can just get a really small like relatively plain cake Mm. get a topper and put it on there yourself and then you can still cut the cake and have that moment that's very traditional but you don't necessarily need to feed everybody with that cake. You can have all of the other little desserts that most likely will go down better because having like one cake, not everyone will like the flavour or not everyone likes cake. So yeah, you can definitely, people will probably like you a lot more if you have a range of different things that they can. Yeah, Yeah, that's a a good tip. I like that. I like, and
0: yeah, again, like you said with that cake and you could even like decorate it yourself and just buy a plain chocolate cake. From like I don't know the supermarket or something, yeah. and just ice it <laughs> white. No one's gonna know. No, it's like far away. They can't see that far.
1: Literally, like you <laughs> seen when people get two of those mud cakes oh, and yeah. stack them on top of each yeah. other. Perfect. She there just you go. Put white icing on it. Yeah. and it's a wedding cake and a little um cake topper. Yeah, and you're good to go. <laughs> and no one's can see that far.
0: They don't see the cake at all. And then everyone enjoys the donuts <laughs> and cupcakes later. <laughs> all right, our second last tip, um, photographer, which can I suppose photographer slash other similar vendors like your makeup artists and hair, hiring them for a slightly shorter. Period of time could save you a lot of money. For example, with the photographer, you don't have to have them there the entire day from start to finish. A lot of people, it is quite common to only have the photographer stay for maybe an hour or so of the reception. So you can get some really nice photos, maybe again. Potentially photos of cutting the cake or the first dance, and then they can go home. You don't really, unless you want photos of people dancing later on in the ceremony, <laughs> you can. But yeah, those few extra hours cutting them off at the end of the day can be quite a lot of money that you save. And same with your makeup and hair. I know some people have their makeup artist and hair, um, like maybe touch base again before their ceremony to like touch up and stuff, but you can do that yourself save a bit of money there too yeah
1: you could just buy like the lipstick that they're using Mm -hmm. and some powder or something and then or even just use what you've got and then yeah that way you're not having them paying them hundreds of dollars just to stay there for little touch-ups yeah and on the photographer as well a lot of people are doing like fake exits oh so those like sparkler exits and things that you see a lot of people do when you see a lot of photos of on instagram are possibly fake (laughs) oh wow okay so they'll just do them towards the start of the night so that they have those photos but then the photographer leaves and the party continues that's a really good idea if you want to have that exit shot that a lot of photographers will do it doesn't need to be a real life exit shot of you actually leaving (laughs) that's so smart or it could even be like i suppose the entrance is slightly different you know normally
0: people like they announce to you and you yeah through, like the doors or something but yeah that's a good tip you could definitely do that and again <laughs> it's like yeah you get all your photos done at the very start of the ceremony and then yeah you even like you're good to like celebrate with friends and family you don't have to worry about getting photos with people and all that kind of stuff so overall it can yeah really just work quite well, not having a photographer there the entire time. Also with this as well, and again, it applies to not just the photographer, but all the other kind of similar vendors, Is which we kind of touched on before as well, is just because someone charges the most it doesn't mean they are the best fit for you Um, don't be scared to again shop around and even go with someone who is maybe more of an up-and-coming makeup artist or photographer um, who has less experience but obviously you want to make sure that they are still um, in line with what you want and you know just check their portfolios to make sure that you like their work and their work is consistent because yeah you could save a lot of money going with someone who's, I guess, a bit more of an amateur because they're probably trying to build up their portfolio as well. So, they'll charge less. And last but not least, to finish off, let's go over some kind of general budget tips. Um, So, basically, you really want to decide early on what your budget is. Set that so then everything else you know what you're looking for in terms of, yeah, going to different vendors and whatnot. Um, It kind of, I guess, sets the limit <laughs> <laughs> what because I mean if you look at someone and they're automatically out of the budget you don't even bother looking or inquiring with them it's kind of it's a great way to just like
1: cull out <laughs> it is a very <laughs> a of, yeah, yeah. quick way to cull out a lot of different places and, and venues and everything and also When you're setting your budget, just have a discussion about what your non-negotiables are. Mm. What things do you really need to have at the wedding? What things do you not necessarily need to have? Um, Because again, if you have that set out really early and then once you've planned half of the wedding and you've realized you've got extra money left over in your budget, you can go back to those things that maybe you were going to cull and you might be able to add them Mm. back in. And vice versa as well. If it's you're halfway through and the budget's getting a little
0: bit tight, you know what your non-negotiables are and like you definitely want to have this in the wedding but you know this stuff it would have been nice if we could have had it but it doesn't need to be there so we can save a bit of money and get rid of that kind of stuff so yeah it just really helps to um, I guess less stress throughout the entire process knowing all of those things early on And, of course, to finish off, it is the people who make the day. And I think that is the most important thing to remember, that it's about the romance, not the finance, (laughs) (laughs) and that if you've got a really genuine and good group of people around you, you are going to have the best day ever. And who cares if it's not the most photogenic wedding you've ever seen on Instagram or Pinterest because at the end of the day, that stuff does not matter. It's
1: about marrying the person you want to be with yeah you're not necessarily going to remember if your flowers were 100 perfect or some elaborate big thing as long as you had a great day and you enjoyed it with the people that you love that's all that matters that's the most important thing thank you
0: so much for listening we hope you enjoyed and learned something helpful for your special day I'm
1: Sheridan and I'm Juliet and this was the save the date podcast we'll see you next Wednesday bye